0: We've been on this journey through the book of Ephesians. It's been a couple-year journey. It's probably going to be a couple more, potentially. It's been such a rich time walking verse by verse through Ephesians chapter 4 over the past couple of weeks. We've subtitled this this second half of Ephesians 4 on-off, on-off, as the apostle church-planning pastor Paul uh, was inspired by God to write this letter to this church and he's, he's writing all about how we are called to put off the old self and we're called to put on the new self. And we should live in this tension of, am I walking in the old or am I walking in the new? Last week we talked about 2 Corinthians 5.17, which says if anybody is in Christ, once you put your faith in Christ, you become a new person, a new creation. The best illustration I could think of is you move from a caterpillar into a butterfly. You're, you're completely transformed. Into a new creature. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're you're no longer the same person and the Holy Spirit now lives within us and guides us. We're born again. You're a new person put on the new self. Um, Today we're gonna go deeper into now what that looks like, what does that mean for you and I together as a church family, as this letter is written to a church. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, uh, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll go ahead and do some recap verses in in verse 17, leading all the way up to 27 today, and we'll we'll jump right in. If you're ready, say ready. Ready. If you're hungry, say let's let's eat. Let's eat. Father, as we eat from your word right now, God, just steady our hearts, quiet our minds, and God help us to not think about somebody else during this time, like somebody else could benefit from this message. God help us to think about ourselves. God, you obviously thought so highly of us to bring us here, to speak to us here, so help us to catch it and to apply it. We're ready now, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So here's what <clears throat> Paul writes to the church and that God inspired even for us today. It says, now, th- come on, we prayed and we, ha- we got three right here already. Yeah. Love you, Kayla and Jake and baby Wesley. Come on. Now, now this I say and testify in the Lord. That you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Gentiles are people who don't know God. Must no no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and, and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. This is describing the old self. But that is not the way you learned Christ what he says, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, come on, say it with me, the truth is in Jesus, it's true, to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, our desires at one time deceived us, having us think and do things that weren't really true according to God, how he created us, saying don't live according to your old manner of life, that's corrupt. But be renewed in the spirit of your minds. That, that our minds are spiritual and they need to be renewed with the things of, of God. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God. So what, what does this new self look like? It looks like God. It feels like God. It sounds like God. That he begins to live his life through us. He begins to love people through us. He begins to set people free through us. We don't do the freeing. We don't got spiritual you know, unlockers. It's actually Christ in us. Through us. That's, that's what true Christianity is. Created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's where we've come from. Let's, let's go ahead and jump into our new verses starting in verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. We're going to go ahead and look at these three verses which is a hefty task for me. I I, I like to just kind of ring out one verse at at times, but we're going to try to make our way through all three. I think they work together, and we can learn better that way. Uh, Let's look at verse 25 as we kick it off here today, looking out of the ESV translation, which is usually the translation we, we teach from, but I also will pull from other translations to learn from as well. ESV says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members... Of one another. Really quick, whenever you see that word therefore, it's there for a reason, right? That word therefore is there to basically say, I want you to listen. Like I just said all of that to make a point. That word therefore, it's the Greek word dea. It means, okay, so now here's what that means. He's saying, you put off the old self, you've now put on the new self and being renewed in your mind, so therefore, listen up, here we go, watch this. Having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Put off and put away falsehood. Um, I think think that sounds kind of dressed up. If we were to just make it a little bit more Las Vegas down to earth, I'll quote from the NLT version. Here's what the NLT says, stop telling lies. Yeah, put 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 away falsehood, or just stop telling lies. Basically, Paul's saying because you're a new self, so so that's true. So, stop telling lies. Be reminded that this letter is not written to the atheist club in Ephesus. This letter is not written to the Greek Artemis and Princess Diana worshipers right uh, here in Ephesus. This letter is written to the church in Ephesus, right? So, church, you're new. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. I want to talk to you just about this first part. What is why, why should we stop telling lies? I want to give you just a few reasons why it would be beneficial to stop telling lies. Um, you know, this isn't a, a, a verse of scripture that I would have just selected myself, but that's what we get when we're walking through the Bible expositionally. The Lord has a word for us in his perfect timing. This must be the one for you today. This must be the one for me today. So stop uh, telling lies. One reason why it would be encouraged to stop telling lies, Proverbs 12 Verse 22 says, The Lord detests lying lips. Why should we do something that the Lord says, That's detestable to me? The Lord says, I detest lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Right? He, God's looking and he's saying, Is there anybody here today that really is trustworthy, that I could trust with my call, that I could trust with my? son, that I could trust with my spirit, that I could trust with my word. I'm looking for those who are trustworthy, not looking for those who are liars. God says, those are the people I delight in. I, I want to be somebody that the Lord looks at and says, I delight in that, that son of mine, that daughter of mine, that church of mine. So Paul instructs the Ephesians, put off falsehood, stop, stop lying. Let me give you another reason why we should stop lying. Proverbs chapter 6 says, there are six things that the Lord hates. Did y'all know that the Lord hates things? That's deep right there. The Lord, There's actually six things that the, the Lord hates. There's, there's seven that are an abomination to him. I don't, I don't really fully understand that. It's like, well, which one is the ones that he hates? Which one is the abomination? But we'll just say they're all bad, okay? He says, haughty eyes, a lying tongue. There it is. Number two on the list. Things that God hates is when we're lying. Whether it's a white lie, a blue lie, a big lie, a small lie, an ally, I don't know what type, of, what type of lie it is. I just know that God hates it. It says, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies. How about lying made it twice? Like, everything else got one moment, but, but this, the, 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 the false witness, the person who puts on falsehood, God says, yeah, I, I hate that stuff. And that's just something we should be aware of. It says, and one who sows discord among brothers. That's a big one that God hates. God hates when there's a person that's trying to be divisive and, and cause disunity. God says, I hate that. But it, in another text, it says God commands blessing on unity. So we're learning here, right? It says, st- st- stop, stop lying, right? Another reason why we should stop lying is not only because God d- detests lying, God hates lying, but John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees, and here's his, his, his word to them today. And if you're a Pharisee, this is a word for you. A Pharisee is somebody who just thinks they're more righteous than everybody else and prides themselves in that. You are of your father the devil. Yikes. Gee whiz. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. You want to know the character of Satan? Liar. For he is a liar and he's the father of, of lies. If you want to imitate God, tell the truth. If you want to imitate Satan, lie. Yeah, that's, that's what he's talking about here. He's saying, hey, look, he's his Satan's character is just to just lie and lie and lie. We see Satan in his first move, right, in the garden. He creeps up on Adam and Eve and he says, Did God really say that? Did God really say that? Or did he mean this? Well, he didn't really mean that. What he's doing, he's just trying to deceive through lies. He's the father of lies. It's in his own character to lie. Some Bible translations say it's in his very nature to lie. That, you know, some people speak English language. Some people speak Spanish language. Satan speaks lying language. It's what he speaks. So you got to be careful to know his voice because if the enemy's speaking to you, he's just lying to you. It's true. He, when he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he's a liar, he's the father of lies. This is what he's been doing from the beginning. Satan has no new tricks, he just lies. Why is it important that you should know this book? So you can detest the lies. You can understand and know when he's lying and when God is speaking the truth in church. We're called to help each other with that. Sometimes it's good to be able to tell, man, the enemy's speaking to you. He's lying to you. Let me speak the truth to you because I love you and because we're part of the same team. We're members of the same body. So he says, we can't can't lie to each other. That, That sounds a lot like the enemy. Let me give you another reason why we shouldn't be lying to each other. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 9, it says, 9 and 10, it says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self. Are we on the same page? Right? Paul's saying in another letter to another church, to the Colossian church, he's saying you've put off the old self, you've put on the new self, therefore, let me start the list off by saying do not lie to one another. You've put off the old self with its practices, So when you start lying, you start practicing the old ways, which didn't get us anywhere. It's only going to lead to destruction. It, It wouldn't be helpful. You put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. And our creator doesn't lie. So when Christ is in us, when God is in us, he'll only produce truth in us. You feel me? So we got to stop lying, church. And, and, I, and I'll tell you what. The church is really good at lying. Sadly. And, and I've seen this happen way too often. I've seen it happen in, in my life. I've seen it happen in others' lives. I've done ministry in the south. I've done ministry in the east. I've done ministry in a different country. I've done ministry all over the place. This is true principle everywhere. This was true 2,000 years ago in Ephesus, Turkey. Right? So, so let's not think in Las Vegas in 2019 we've somehow escaped that. Right? And it happens all the time, Walk Church. I got to be honest with you. And, and, and we keep it 100 here. We talk about deep things here. And so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about it. Here, here's one of the ways I, I see this happening. And I'm going to assume maybe it happened this way in the Ephesus church. Say you're, you're friends with somebody. Let's just go ahead and do it here at Walk Church. You've you got a group of people you're friendly with, you're, you're, you're hanging with, you're, you're cool with, you got good vibes with, right? You see each other, you talk. When you text, you use like exclamation points and like emojis, high fives and all that. And then one day you show up at church and you see the same group and you say, hey, and all of a sudden one person just starts acting a little weird. Y'all know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden the energy's different. And you're like, hmm, that was weird. Have you ever had a moment where you thought that was weird? Maybe it's just me. All right. And you're like, that was kind of strange. And then you're like, ah, it was nothing. It was just, they had a bad coffee or something like that. And then, and then the next day, you know, the next weekend, you see him and you're like, hey, what's up, so and so? How's it going? And you're just, just a little bit more short, a little bit more dry. And you're like, that was weird. And then you see maybe that same person with a different group and they're like, hey, what's up, everybody? And you're like, man, that was weird. What's up with the energy? What's up with the vibe? Can anybody relate? And here's what happens. One day you get the the boldness and the confidence to step over that controversial line. And you say, hey, so-and-so, I feel like something's off. Is something off? And here's what you always hear back. No. Everything's great. I'm just treating you differently, but everything's great. You sure nothing's wrong? No. I'm good. You're kind of acting different. No. Not really. Stop lying. Stop lying. You would do so much better to just say, yeah, a month ago you said this, and it hurt me, and I've been holding that. Remember a couple weeks ago we talked about putting on the new self, putting off the old self, right? And it says that we should bear each other's burdens, even sharing complaints with each other. And it says, and, and, and bind your complaints with love. Right? How, what if we had a church that loved each other enough to say, hey, brother, sister, I got a complaint against you. I, and, and I just want to figure out what's going on here. And the person on the receiving end could receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I'm going to give God praise when that happens. Instead, we go into our little caves or we get kind of clicky and we start lying. What's wrong? I'm good. How often do we do this in church? Hey, what's up, brother? How's everything? Great. You're lying. (laughs) I was reading reading that in the Proverbs this morning. Come on, read the Proverbs, y'all. Every leadership tool you need is in the book of Proverbs. I was reading Proverbs 18 this morning. It, It says, he who gives an answer... Uh, before even finishing the question, is, is shameful. Right? Sometimes we're, we already got our great answer before we even asked the question. It, it's okay to be able to say, hey, how you doing today, brother? And I'm angry. I'm bothered. I'm frustrated. And, he, and, and, I know, and it's not even right. I know it. But you ask me how I'm feeling or how I'm doing, and I can't lie. Why lie? We've got to stop lying to each other, church. I, I, it, says, it says in the ESV, put away falsehood. What does that mean? Stop being fake. Can we just stop being fake? Can we just take the mask off? Let's stop treating each other differently. All of a sudden, the energy changes. If you're going to change the energy, if you're going to change the vibe, tell them why. And at least give that person an opportunity to learn. Because in times where people have said, hey, hey, Pastor Hyden, you did this. And and I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know it came off wrong or hurtful. Or, I've actually been able to take, take little mental notes and said, i got to stop doing that. I got better today. I learned today. If we all are in Christ, that means that we have a posture of humility. We're not here to be served. We're here to serve. We're not here to be prideful. We're here to be humble. We're not here right? Just to, to give. We're here to receive as well. We should be able to share tough things with each other and come out better rather than worse. I really believe that's the New Testament model that we see here, and that's what the Apostle Paul is trying to get at with the Ephesians. He's saying, stop lying to each other. If everything's not great, it's okay to say that. Just, just don't lie though. Amen? I like how John MacArthur says it in his commentary on this verse. He says, "He says more than simply telling direct falsehoods, lying also includes exaggeration. Come on, somebody. That, that anybody? You ever told a story and all of a sudden there's just parts of it that are different? <laughs> come on. Some of, some of the ministry leaders in the room, y'all know that temptation. It's like, oh, yeah, how was Sunday? Yeah, it was great. There was like, you just make up a number and all, oh, man. That, come on, stay true to it. And adding fabrications. Like we can't. Let's stop adding fabrications to our storytelling, something that is true. Cheating is lying. If you're cheating on somebody, stop cheating. God will expose it. He will. Making foolish promises. we got to stop making foolish promises. You want to know what a foolish promise is? Hey, bro, I'm going to pray for you. <coughs> Immediately we forgot. I've been, I'm guilty of that. Y'all notice me, one of the practices that I've been doing, let's pray right now. I'm totally going to forget, probably, especially if there's just a lot. And that's why we've implemented the prayer cards, because we don't want to miss it. We've implemented an intentional prayer meeting, because one thing we can't do is lie and say, we're going to pray for you and not do it. Like sometimes, you know, I'll post something on social media, and I'll say, hey, pray for Walk Church this morning. It's going to be powerful. A bunch of people praying, 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 praying. I just want to want to, did you really pray? I mean, really, did you stop right there and talk to God on our behalf? Is anybody ever just praying for you? Or you're in a group text, so and so sick, and you just type back prayers back to watching TV. Stop lying. Sore spot, I know, I got you right there. I got you. (laughs) People are just looking at me like. (laughs) And some of y'all are like, that's not me. You're a liar, all right? Just go ahead. (laughs) You're watching this online. That was for you. Um, making foolish promises, betraying a confidence, right? If you're betraying a confidence, right? Hey, let's just keep this between us, all right? Cool? If you can't do it, just say, I, I can't. I'm going to tell somebody tonight. That would save a whole lot of problems, right? Like, hey, this just between us, right? Nah, I'm telling somebody later. All right, I'm not going to tell you then. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> you know, like, like don't, don't betray the confidence. Let's just, just be real, y'all. Come on. Making false excuses. Those are all forms of life. Making false excuses. How come you didn't go today? Oh, man, I was, you know, I just woke up at 6 a.m. I just did a full hour of Bible reading, and I just, I soaked in worship music. I forgot it was church today. I'm sorry I missed, yo. Like, no, man, you were sleeping. It's okay, though. Like, just, just don't lie about it. Let's stop making false excuses did you read the Proverbs today? Nah, I didn't. I had a busy day. It wasn't that busy. <laughs> so you couldn't start the day with God's word? You're that wise? You don't need God's wisdom? You're that, you're that powerful? You got that much insight and that much strength that you don't need to start your day with the word of God? You're making a false excuse. Stop lying to yourself. With which Christians should have no part. He's saying, he's saying we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be categorized by lying. And I think a lot of times the world looks at us and, and sees us as not living out our faith. We're lying. We're claiming to follow Jesus. It doesn't mean we're perfect. The righteous falls seven times, but gets back up again. We're not going to be perfect. We, we should strive to be more like Jesus because we're putting on the new self, putting off the old self. Putting on the new self, putting off the old self. One of the old selves that's got to go is lying. It's what we see here in the scripture. So now maybe you're thinking this. Okay, all right, so what do I, what do I replace it with? This is going to be, this is gonna be a dynamic right here. Y'all ready? Replace your lies with the truth. the truth. This is good. This is good. Ephesians 4.25, 4, right? Having, no, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. And there was even debate, right? The Pharisees wanted to wrestle with this, like, who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor, huh? Is it, like, my next-door neighbor where I live? Is it, like, the person I sit next to at church? Is it my enemy? It's all those right? Because Jesus said, love your neighbor. That's the person next to you. Love your neighbor. That's the person that you live by. And, and then they said, well, really, who's my neighbor? And Jesus gave the great Samaritan story. He said, there was a Samaritan walking down the street, and, and he showed love to somebody who was unjustly harmed. And he told this story to say, that's how this works. The Samaritan showed love to somebody who, who wasn't even like him. And Jewish people in and Samaritans in that culture had a, had a strong beef against each other. They didn't cross parts with each other. And Jesus saying, yeah, they're neighbors. So we're called to speak the truth with our neighbors, but especially in the church. We've moved beyond neighbor to family, right? I mean, how much more should we speak the truth with each other? Ephesians 4.15, right, 10 verses before this, Paul said, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. I remember preaching on these verses. You can find them on walkchurch.com if you need to want to go back and revisit them. Here's what that the, the, the title of that message was, if you'll speak up, we'll grow up. Y'all hear me? If we speak up, we'll grow up. If we start saying the how we really if we start being honest and loving and truthful. And saying, hey, I, I, I fell into sin. Can you pray for me? I, I didn't have the best week. Would you pray for me? I don't want to lie to you. I don't want to come into this place. But check it out. The church is a hospital for broken people. And, and in fact, Jesus uses us to heal each other. We're all members of the same team. And when we speak the truth, here's what Jesus says about the truth. He says, he says that the truth will, y'all know it? set you free so you could lie to somebody and you could do no good you'll actually look more like satan than anything if you lie to somebody or you could actually set somebody free by telling them the truth Jesus says this is the truth come on and this truth is about to set you free So I think it's good to speak the truth with each other and help us to be, Lord, help us to be open books to receive the truth. Sometimes the truth will mess you up, but that's a good thing because we want to be more like the truth because we want to be more free. We want to be more free. That's That's what he's talking about here. For we are members of one another. We are members of the same team. As we look back at that verse, we are members of one another. Come on, we're family members of each other. Wouldn't this be wrong, right? Like, we talk about body parts, like someone, someone's the hand, someone's the foot, someone's the nose, someone's the ear. We all have different gifts. We're all part of the same body. But, like, wouldn't it be wrong if the mind tells the hand, hey, touch that stove. It's not hot. But it really is hot. So now the mind lies to the hand, and the hand's like, okay, right? And the hand's like, mind, why'd you lie to me? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit. The body's called to heal each other. The body's called to help each other, not deceive each other. we got to have a strong, healthy body here at Walk Church. In in, in the capital C, just Global Church, we got to be speaking the truth to each other to help each other walk in freedom. I, I haven't studied the body too, too much, but here's what I know. When stuff inside the body starts working against each other, that's one of the worst diseases. It's called an autoimmune disease. Right where the, where the body starts destroying the body. The, the local church could potentially be described as an autoimmune church sometimes where a lot of the struggle and turmoil is inside the body. And we're not called to hurt each other. Come on, somebody. We're called to help each other. Yes. We're called to be freeing each other, healing and, and walking in freedom with each other. Not hurting, but helping. And helping doesn't look like patting you on the back when you're, when you're in sin. The truth will set you free to help you grow up. It's, it, it doesn't mean you grab a Bible and say, dude, that's not what you do either. You say, hey, let's create space. Let's not lie to each other. Let's talk to each other. Let's love each other. Let's put on the new self together. If you came in with the old self, hey, the righteous rises again. The Lord's mercies are new again. So does that all make sense? You got that first point right here? Put off the old self by putting off lying. Because what happens, and this is what I've learned, when we start lying, eventually it gets found out, and the other person gets angry. Come on. And then you get angry, and then then the enemy's winning. Which is why the very next verse is important. So the next verse, verse 26, says it like this, right? Having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth to his neighbor for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Like I wanna highlight be angry for a second. Be angry. Be angry is okay. Did y'all know that anger is part of life? There's actually a good anger. There's actually a right time and place and way to be angry. Some would go as far as saying not only is, is anger real, God commands us to be angry. Have you ever seen that? Like the Lord's writing through the text and he's saying, hey, yo, be angry. Some of y'all that struggle with anger, you're like, yes, I finally found my verse. I told y'all I'm supposed to be angry. Now, hold up. When it comes to being angry, this is a, this is a difficult attitude. This is a difficult emotion to talk about. Some people say, man, we should never be angry. No, you, you can be angry. And here's why, because we see it modeled with Jesus, we see it modeled with, with God, um, we see him, him model what it looks like and what it means to be angry. Um, but every time if you do a study when it says that the Lord is angry or in Jesus felt anger, scripture, and Jesus looked at them with anger, every time it had to do with sin, that God is angry with sin. So, if we're gonna be angry about anything because we put off the old self, we put on the new self, let's be angry at the things that God is angry at. Right? Let's not get angry at things that don't need to be, uh, don't deserve our anger. We need to be angry at the things that God is angry at. So, let, how about this? How about we just go ahead and say, okay, well, where should we start? Where should we start? Well, let's go ahead and look at our list again. Proverbs 6, we just saw a list that God is angry at. In in fact, God has a hateful anger at these things. These things make God angry. So, we should be angry at haughty eyes, starting with ourselves. Haughty eyes, the word haughty, another word for haughty is arrogant. Another word for haughty is prideful. Another word for haughty is boastful, right? It's, it's when you walk into a room and you start looking at everybody else's problems, you can't see any of your own. That's, that's what it means to have ha- haughty eyes. We should be angry at, at that. That should, that should spark anger in us. Does that make sense? Even if somebody has that mentality, right, they can see everybody else's flaws, but they can't, they can't see the big log in theirs, It's okay if that produces, you're like, man, I'm I'm bothered by that. I'm kind of angry at that. I'm going somewhere. Don't check out of the message yet. That should produce anger. How about lying tongue? When someone lies to you, you should feel angry. It's okay to feel angry. It's right to feel angry. God is angry when we lie to him. Hands that shed innocent blood. I think it's right to be angry at that. I think, I think it's right to be angry at the abortion crisis in our world and that our country is facing right now, right? I, I, I'll, I'm going to say that unapologetically. I know that's controversial. I know that's difficult. I'm not trying to be political at all. I'm just saying that God hates shedding of innocent blood, and we should too. Fair enough? We, we, we should too. That God is angry at that. And let me just give a disclaimer. Today, if, if you've made that choice in your past, God loves you, God can forgive you. God can redeem that. You'll be able to see that baby in heaven if you give your life to Jesus. Right? I don't want to uh, be heavy on a person that has made that decision. I'm just saying, hey, this is true right here, that God hates shedding of innocent blood, of all types of innocent blood. That's just one example. Feet that make haste to run to evil. Feet that make haste to run to evil. God says, I hate that. God, God was, God had some hateful emotion toward me when I was in middle school. Right, whenever there was a fight, we would, Hey, there's a fight! <laughs> why, why are we so excited to see a fight? There's a fight, y'all. There's a fight. God's like, Why are you so hasty to see that? I don't like that. And hey, I'm not. My old self is gone. I got to put on the new self. Teach me what the new self should be like, God. Let's have that posture. Feed that. Make haste to run evil false witnesses who breathe out lies, we should, we should have anger toward that, right? And one who stows discord among brothers, we should be angry at that. Somebody who's slanderish, gossiping, has a bad attitude, somebody that is, is, is causing division, it should spark something in us, church, that, that's a righteous anger. Does that make sense? And, and if we really want to speak the truth with each other, if you see somebody doing that at Walk Church, I, I, I recently got to learn from a pastor in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, his name is Jim Simbala, And he was teaching and he said this. He said, here's how we've built our church. He goes, the moment, everybody, it's a culture in their church. He says, the moment somebody says something about another person, he goes, we just stop and we just go get the other person. And say, say it again. Say it again. It's like, whoa. Can you just, hey, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hey, so and so, can you say that again? He said, that just cut it out. After a while, it just, we started saying the right things because we wanted to say the right things to people. Right? We don't want to sow discord among brothers, especially even in our city too. Some people go to different churches and maybe different churches haven't done the, the, the things that maybe you thought they would and maybe you landed here. We're going to honor our other churches. doesn't mean you have to agree with everybody, but I just know that God blesses unity. Amen. Not at the expense of truth, but we're called to speak the truth to each other in love. So I think be angry, but have a holy anger. Does that make sense? Have a righteous anger. So I'm going to close with giving you some examples on how to have a holy and righteous anger. And We're going to try to go quick here, all right? How can I have a holy anger? If, If pastor said, if Paul said, if God said that I can be angry, how can I have the right type of anger? I'm, I'm going I'm to give you uh, four points really quick, all right? If you're ready, say ready. ready. Come on, this is going to be quick. It's going to be good, though. Four points. First off, be slow to get there. James chapter 1 tells us this. Look at James. James says, know this, my beloved brothers at Walk Church and sisters at Walk Church. Let every person be quick to hear. Don't get angry. Listen. Don't listen to respond. Listen to listen. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. So, yes, you can get angry, but be slow to get there. Some of y'all are like, man, I can't wait to get angry. There's my moment. I'm angry. Some of y'all are like, man, I can't wait to speak. Yeah, yeah, finish up so I can speak. Keep going. All right, now I get to speak. No, be slow to speak. Slow to become angry. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Right? Remember our last verse last week. Go watch it online. Right? We're called to walk righteous because we got the new self. The new self is righteous. So we got to be slow to anger, super slow to anger. Don't get to angry quick. Right? Let me give you the second point. Don't, not only be slow to get angry, but do not sin uh, when you get angry. Don't sin when you get angry. Right? If we look at verse 20, 26, right? our, our verse that we're looking at, right, it says, Be angry and do not sin. So here's the, here's the ground rules that you have. Here, here's the playground you get to, to play in when it comes to, to anger. Just don't sin. Sin is missing God's mark. So as long as you can be angry and not lie and not slander and not gossip and not hurt and not hinder and not be prideful and not say the wrong thing, if you can do all those things, then you can be angry. That's what Jesus did, right? Right? Jesus said, look, I was angry, but I never sinned. So I wanna, if you want to have a holy anger, be angry, but don't sin. Don't sin. If you got it, say, I got it. Right? Proverbs 29, verse 22 says, an angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin. Here's why it's important if you get angry to be very careful because if you're not careful, you'll start committing all kinds of sin. If you allow your anger to get the best of you and to start to control you, now you're doing all types of sin. And that was never even your intention. You just got angry about something. We've got to be careful to, to not commit all kinds of sin because of our anger. right? This is a direct quotation from, from the psalmist in Psalm 4.4. 4. Right? In Psalm chapter 4, verse 4, David says, be angry and don't sin. Ponder in your hearts and on your beds and and be silent. Here's a good way to deal with your anger. You ready? If you're angry and you got a holy and righteous anger and God says, yeah, you should be angry, here's what you should do first. Go lay down. (laughs) Go lay down. Have like a Home Alone type moment. Remember Kevin on Home Alone? He just starts thinking about everybody. They're all going in his head. He's just thinking about it. Be angry and do not sin. This is a direct quotation from the psalm. Ponder in your own hearts. Let your hearts figure it out first. Take it to God on your bed and be silent. There's something about just being quiet that actually leads to to winning sometimes, right? I know we're called to speaking the truth, but I saw this in the proverb yesterday as well, right? Proverbs 17, let's look at it together. I just read this yesterday. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. I've blown it on this so often, church i got to download these words into my heart because I want to I have a cool spirit. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. You could trick some people, y'all. You could actually walk around looking wise. When he closes his lips, he's deemed intelligent. People are like, man, that person's smart over there. Like, how you know? I don't know. They're just not talking. <laughs> I'm deeming that person as intelligent. Everybody else was gossiping and slandering. Everybody else was saying all types of stuff. They didn't say anything. They must be smart. Let me give you the third part. Resolve it quickly. If you say, okay, I'm going to get angry. Pastor said I can get angry. Don't stay there long. Whatever you're angry about, resolve it quickly. Take it to the Lord. Take it to your brother or sister. Get it dealt with quickly. Just just resolve it, y'all. It's not easy to do this, but it would be wise to to try to uh, resolve it quickly, right? As we, as we look at this verse 20, 26, it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. That's, that's what he's saying there. He's saying, be angry. First off, don't sin. Second off, don't let the sun go down. Don't let it sit there too long, right? You're like, hey man, I got, I got angry at 8 a.m. I got all day to get angry, <laughs> be angry. I get to hold on to this all day. That's not what he's talking about. Some of you are like, man, i I live in Alaska, right? Like I don't—I get to be angry all year. It's, don't don't make it so much about the sun, all right? Like, hey, the sun's still up. I got a few more hours. I get to be angry. If, no, stop all that. Just resolve it quick. Resolve it quickly before it zaps your joy and zaps everybody else's joy. Resolve it quickly. Don't let the sun go down on your your anger. He's basically saying he's saying at least. As much as you can do to try to resolve your anger, you can't always resolve other people's angers, but a lot of times if you resolve your anger, it'll be contagious. And you start being loving, you start sowing love, people will start, you'll, you'll, you'll grow love. You, you sow seeds of anger, you'll probably get some angry people back. But if you start sowing grace, you start sowing forgiveness, you start sowing love, you'll start giving those things back. Amen? Right. So So try your best to, uh, resolve it quickly. I, Tony Marita says it like this in his commentary. He says, Paul's saying, do not let it fester. Resolve it quickly. Even good anger can lead to problems like bitterness. So the time to be angry is short. So yes, you can be angry, but just don't let it control you, brother, sister. Trust me as somebody who, is, who, who has dealt and deals with that. Okay, let me just stop for a second. My I letting, is this, has this been too long? I need to let it go, and I need to walk in freedom, and I need to extend forgiveness and grace, because that's what's been extended to me. I want to put on the new self. Last, last point, we're done, is, is don't give an opportunity to the devil. Don't give the devil an opportunity. This comes right out of the word. Lord, help us, right? It says, don't let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. I really feel like the devil is prowling around like a lion, 1 Peter 5, looking for somebody to devour. You know what's a trigger for the devil? Who's angry? I'm looking for somebody who's angry because that's my opportunity. If somebody's angry, I'm jumping on them with lust. Somebody's angry, I'm jumping on them with pride. If somebody's angry, I'm going to add more fuel to the anger. Because when we're angry, we're, that's why he says don't sin. Don't sin. Don't let the devil have an opportunity. Right? Give God the opportunity. This is, your anger is an opportunity to check God in, not the devil in. I mean, has this ever happened to anybody in the room? Any couples in the room? Right? Where you got angry about something small, like, like the laundry or something like that? Come to to on, amen, somebody, right? And something happened with the laundry, and all of a sudden you're like angry about it, and you're like talking with your spouse about it, and then all of a sudden it's like an hour later, and there's all types of other stuff. Like, it, I was, what were we angry about again? Was, we were angry about that sock. Oh, why are we? You know, what just happened? Well, we let the devil in. But we didn't resolve it quickly. We weren't slow to speak. We weren't slow to get angry. Right? We actually gave the devil an opportunity, and now all types of havoc has been let out. What we need to do is we need to give God those opportunities. Last verse, and I'm done. I'm going like, get away from me. <laughs> all right? We'll pick it up next week. Uh, last verse, Romans 12, right? Oftentimes, other people hurt us, and we get angry. A lot of times, the, the, the reason for our anger is somebody else. Sometimes, sometimes it's us, but, but this can apply as well. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Give God the opportunity to be God. Give God your anger so he can be God. God's like, I'll take care of that for you, check me in. Or we can let the devil come in and start ruining stuff. He's the father of lies, right? Vengeance is mine. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Oh man, this hurts right? If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. You say, man, this sounds so new. You're a new person. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. Put off the old self. This is new. It totally is new. It's totally different. That's right. Feel that. Get uncomfortable. Do something new. Something to drink. For by doing so, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome your anger with good. Only person that's good is God. Give God the opportunity, amen?